we should always be ready for action as a Christian, right? You never know when you're gonna have to share your faith yeah. with somebody. You never know when you're gonna have to pray for somebody. You never know when you're sitting at a bar and this person asks what church you go to. Like you never know when you're going to physically or verbally have to represent Jesus. That is so true. But you you never know. And you don't know who's watching either, right? Yep. So let's say you walk in and a lot of us have something. What is up podcast world? Happy, today is a Thursday morning for us. So if you're listening, and it's probably not gonna be Thursday morning, but happy morning or day, whatever it is you're listening to today. We got Paz with us today. We got Josh in here. The Paz and Josh uh, studio yes, on three streets. It's gonna be awesome. Today we're talking about being sober-minded, what that means with alcohol, with smoking, what does it mean to be sober-minded? How much can we drink, should we drink? Like, what does the Bible say about it? What's our personal opinions on it? But ultimately, what does the Bible say about Let's us? Let's do it. You ready? What do you got? Um, before, guys, I got my sword out. Be careful. I mean, it's got it's got two edges. <laughs> yeah, you know. Bible jokes, double-edged okay. sword. <laughs> okay. Um, but today, let's just start off with what everybody else is thinking. Before I go to what the Bible says, we got to gather, like, man, what are people our age thinking? Right? About sober-mindedness? Yeah, right? Because I think we always know that part of the Bible. Yes. If you don't, that's what the Bible says. Be sober-minded. It mm-hmm. doesn't say... Um, it does not say do not drink alcohol. It says don't okay. don't get drunk with wine, mm-hmm. and it says be sober minded. But it does not specifically say do not drink alcohol within those words in that context. So there's a lot of gray area to interpret what does sober minded mean and what does it mean to get drunk with wine. Right. Right. Yes. And there's a lot of liberty there that can get twisted to no longer be sober minded. Mm-hmm. But to then say, well, it's a gray area, so I'm not really sure I can get away with it. So just sober-minded, first thoughts, you got anything? Uh, I just think when you start college and when you are approaching the age of 21 and after, you're like entertaining this idea of like, can I drink? Am I allowed to? Is it bad? Like how much is too much for me personally? Like each person is different. Um, I think... Everybody around this age is trying to figure out what they're allowed to do. Not for like, not to please anybody, but just like they don't want to get in trouble. It's like a we don't want to step like cross a line with Jesus. So what are we allowed to do? I think that's what a lot of people ask themselves, especially when they turn twenty one. Like, am I allowed to drink? Is it bad that I'm having a beer right now with my friends? Or same thing with smoking. I mean, I don't. There's nothing in the Bible about. It would fall under the same principle of sober-minded. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like, am I allowed to do this? Am I not allowed to do this? I think that's the main question. Everybody always... Ask. And then whenever you're out with like Christian friends, you're like, who's going to order the first beer? Who's going to order the first cocktail? Because you don't know what boundary not to cross. I think that's what people think about. Whenever it's like sober-minded, they go straight to alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. drugs. Valid. All right, let's pull out the sword. Sword time. Go for it. If you guys want some lovely verses on being sober-minded, flip over, not your first or second or third, just kidding, your first. First, Peter mentions it three times specifically about sober-minded and gives three different reasons why, um, which are super important. The first one, it's in 1 Peter 1, 13. Um, so this is First Peter one thirteen. So First Peter, and three separate times in the book of First Peter. First Peter is short; it's like five or six chapters. It gives us three different times on a call to be sober-minded, follow up by a reason, 
why. So this is 1 Peter 1.13. It says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded. So taking that, like we should always be ready for action as a Christian, right? You never know when you're going to have to share your yeah. faith with somebody. You never know when you're going to have to pray for somebody. You never know when you're sitting at a bar and this person asks what church you go to. Like you never know when you're going to physically or verbally have to represent Jesus. That is so true. Like you, you never know. And you don't know who's watching either, right? Yep. So let's say you walk in and a lot of us have something... Like recently, like social media has come out and companies have come out with a lot of merch, right? So a lot of us are like literally representing God with what we wear, our like little chain necklace that says Jesus on it or something. And so like you imagine being somewhere and somebody's watching you like, oh, this is obviously a Christian and you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, for real. Yeah. people are like, oh, so this is what they do on Sunday mornings with the wine and the bread or whatever. That's so true. Like who's watching? When are you going to be called? To represent him physically. Yeah. Or so firmly. first, there's a there's a, a call to action. Like, hey, always be ready. Yeah. And if you're trying to pray for somebody, not even like from a super spiritual level, hey, I'm trying to share the gospel, but just from a standpoint of, hey, I'm a Christian, mm. or hey, you ask me if I'm a I'm a Jesus follower, like any type of that, like being ready. Yo, we gotta be so reminded. We just gotta be so reminded to do that. Like, how am I gonna share somebody the gospel if yeah. I'm drunk, or how am I supposed to pray for somebody if I'm drunk, or Man, even if it's not face to face, you get a text message from a friend. Hey, can you call me right now? Or hey, can, can you, you shoot me a text? Me? Yeah. I'm sorry. Actually, I need a designated driver. I can't come see you right now. Like that's not being ready for action. So we never know when those moments come. So that's First Peter one thirteen. Uh, then we'll flip over to four seven. Um, this is First Peter four seven. It says this: The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. So he gives us to be self-controlled and sober-minded, but the reason why? For the, sake of for the sake of your prayers, right? We're consistently, and if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is grieving on your behalf. He's praying on your behalf already. But if we as Christians, man, we're called to pray. We pray a lot. We pray to God. We communicate with God. And if we're drunk, how we do? Or, or in a way, that's not even drunk, yeah. right? But just intoxicated to some level. I'm already shooting myself in the foot from the get-go. But not only that, but like... The Bible also talks about having a strong and protected mind. If it's altered, you can no longer protect your brain from, like, the stuff that the enemy wants to put in it. So, like, a lot of the times, I'll even share, like, stories from, like, my friends and stuff. Like, they start drinking or partaking in these activities. They alter their brains and they start experiencing, like, really scary stuff. And they're like, where is this coming from? Like, I'm always fine. Because, like, once your brain is no longer protected and in con straight connection or direct connection with God, the enemy is like, this is the perfect time. And it can be even just a yep. little bit, you know? Like like you said, not even being drunk. It's just being, like, even just a little tipsy or just pushing the line a little bit. That's so true. I didn't think about that. I don't um, think I did. The, the call to action, the always to be ready for the sake of your prayers, like, those are some heavy things. Yeah. And then the last time, uh, this is First Peter 5, 8, it says this. I need like I'm turning old. I need like some reading glasses. <laughs> be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking somebody to devour. Yeah. Like holy cow. Okay. So three different times in First Peter, we get this this principle of being sober-minded, and here are three reasons why. Yeah. The devil's prowling around. Yeah. The sake of your prayers. 
and like the call to be ready, the call to action, yeah. right? So then it goes down to define, okay, that makes sense, being sober-minded for mm -hmm. these reasons. What does sober-minded mean? Right, right? That, that leaves that question of what does it mean to be sober-minded? Like I think most Christians can rally behind the idea mm -hmm. of not get drunk. Yes. But being sober-minded and getting drunk, there's a big gap in between, I believe. Okay. Right? So I think, and uh, we'll get to this other end towards the end of the podcast, I think there is a Christian liberty to drink. Yes. Um, and defining what that is and what that looks like. But then from sober-minded, I think if anybody has to ask themselves in the moment, if I'm sober-minded... You're not sober-minded. I think you're not sober-minded, right? That's not true. <laughs> I think if you have to ask yourself, like... Man, if it's, if it's two beers, is it three White Claws? Is it whatever? Like, where's the line for me? If you haven't asked that question, then I think you're already, like, getting a little bit too close to that line. Mm. Or at least not being so... Not talking about drunk, but just but not... like, just not being sober-minded. Yeah. Like, right in your brain. Not to being make decisions sober. or to have a regular conversation. Mm -hmm. To reflect Jesus, to pray, to, to just whatever. So I, I love this phrase of, if you're always asking, how close can you get to the edge of the cliff? Mm. without falling off like how many beers how many white cloths how many shots can i take mm -hmm. before i'm no longer sober-minded like where's the edge in that cliff then don't even get on the mountain because you're not in a place that could be self-controlled mm. to climb up that mountain to even explore that edge does that make sense because if we and this is what we do all the time um people our age like man i can drink this much i can do this much this is how much okay like, it's my this time like we're, we don't have anything tomorrow like i can do this i can mm -hmm. do that yeah and we start getting so close to that edge, but we don't have the self-control enough because our flesh is weak. We're humans. We have flesh. We don't have the self-control it takes to say, you know what? I'm getting too close to that edge. Mm. That's enough for me. So we shouldn't even get. In, we should not even get on that mountain until we're able to practice self-control. Mm -hmm. um, so I got any got any thoughts on that? So many. Let's go. A lot of it is conviction. Yeah. But also like okay, so we're called to being sober-minded, mm -hmm. and the Bible doesn't say anything of. Like, it's not like, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, yeah. right? So, what do you, how do you get to that maturity? Is it age? So, is it like, at 21, you won't have that maturity to have self-control? Yeah. And you just have to wait till you're 27? Or, is it through experience, right? Like, for example, like, you won't know until, at least, maybe I'm wrong. Hold you on. won't know the car until you test drive it? You know what I mean? So, it's like, yeah. for some people... Yeah. They can have three beers and be 100% fine because of their weight, their height, mm -hmm. their maybe experience drinking, which isn't the best thing either. But, like, what do you do? Like, how do you get to that? Because also you don't want to go to the – I mean, you can go to the extreme and practice, like, not drinking mm -hmm. alcohol at all. But if it's something that you're comfortable with and you do want to partake in in a healthy way, like, how do you know? Yeah, and I think for everybody, it's hard to – because it's not black and white. Right. For everybody, it's different. Yeah. Right? For me, one white claw could be my limit, and I know whatever. That's but for, you know, homeboy down the road, it could be four. It could yeah. be whatever. Like, but then we play this comparison game. Well, if he can drink three and he's a Christian, mm. that means I can drink three and That's I'd be a so Christian. Hard, yeah. But his whole different thing is completely different than mine and my conviction and my flesh may be yeah. a lot weaker than his. Right? Um. So then asking the question of when is it safe to drink? Well, not safe, but when is it Appropriate. within the... I think if you took the Bible as like a, a fairway of, okay. of golf, whatever, you got like the bounds of, or a football field. You take the Bible as a football field, okay? okay? Right, it has an out of bounds on each side, the left side, the right side. In the middle of those bounds, like the out of bounds, you got this 50 yards of fair play, Okay. right? And this is just saying, hey, this is what I think is within the fair play, mm -hmm. within those 50 yards, not not out of bounds. It's asking the questions, questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how. 
Mm. If you can just ask those, those simple questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how, uh, effectively, and this is what I mean, it's like, so who? Who am I drinking with? Yeah. Is it with somebody who's gonna continue to cause me to stumble even farther? Mm -hmm. Like, is my um, gonna be around friends that will cause me to, hey, one shot's gonna turn into 10 shots, mm -hmm. one white claw's turn into 10 white claws, like, who am I with? Um, what am I doing? Like, is it is it illegal, first of all? Like, what am I doing? What am I smoking? What am I drinking? Am I above the age of 21? Like, mm -hmm. is it is it legal first? Is it, yeah, there you go. So who am I with? What am I doing? How did I get it? Did I get it illegally? Did I get it from somebody? If I'm underage, did I buy it from somebody who's um, over 21? I slipped up some cash or if it's smoking? Um, mm -hmm. Am I in a state that allows it legally? So who, what, when, where, why, how? Uh, when? When am I doing it? Is this uh, at 2 a.m. when I know that's not a safe place to probably be doing and drinking? Is it at 8 p.m.? Like when? So who, what, when, where, why? And then why? The heart check. Yeah. Why am I choosing am I to, choosing drink, to drink, drink, right? Yeah. Am I running from something to something? Am I trying to, man, just whatever. So answering those questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how helps with like a quick mental checklist in my head of, man, am I drinking just because the, the atmosphere I'm in, I'm feeling pressured to do it? Um, is it just I'm in the backyard and it's a chill vibe? I mean, then even when Jesus took wine, and there's right. a big um, debate if it was fermented or not fermented, right. right? If it had alcohol or not. But if you take the the fact that he did drink wine, but when did he do it? Is I think the the context clues there is he was with his disciples in an upper room, mm. so he is with people he trusted in a safe place, but also in a safe atmosphere. Yeah. Right. It wasn't in the middle of the town, walking through the town. Hey, yeah, what's up, man? Drinking we... his wine. Right. Then... But it was it was with people he trusted, and in a safe atmosphere, right. And I think those are principles we can apply, right. We go through this checklist of who, what, when, where, why, and how. Okay. None of those are gonna cause me to stumble. Mm -hmm. Okay. Am I gonna be around people? Like, do I have the awareness now uh, to be ready, mm -hmm. right? And the people am I gonna be around? Am I gonna cause any of them to stumble? Do they have a history with alcohol? Mm -hmm. If they do, I probably shouldn't. Like I would be causing my brother to stumble at that point. Okay, so this is a safe atmosphere. I know I'm not gonna have to share the gospel to the people. Like Jesus wasn't gonna have to share the gospel, the gospel to, to his, his disciples, right? Right, he wasn't gonna have to. So same for me, like if I know, like the people in my around, am I in a safe place Do I know, okay, look, for the next 30 minutes, I'm not gonna have to share the gospel with any of you guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, we're in a safe atmosphere. Am I in a public place now? Like where am I at? Am I in a public place to where somebody could walk by and see a, you know, a church member walking by or just, mm -hmm. Somebody who doesn't know the heart, but just can see the outward uh, appearance, yeah. right? And I thought that, that was a long spiel, um, but just a quick like, hey, let's let's mentally check through these things. Where am I doing it? Who am I doing it with? How did I get it? Why am I drinking it? I think all those can help define within those like that football field, right? Right. There's a lot more grace in that football field and what that looks like for each person. But that's kind of staying in bounds and playing on that football field, at least regarding to what the Bible says, right? right. The Bible says don't get drunk with wine, okay, cool, um, and be sober-minded. But what does sober-minded look like? Man, it looks like having the self-control to even climb up on that mountain first mm. before you even getting close to the edge. And, but also having the awareness of knowing who am I drinking with? Who am I doing it with? How did I get it? Is it legal? Is it illegal? Am I causing other people to stumble? Mm -hmm. Like going through all these I don't want to come across legalistic. Yeah. Like you have to go through, you have to answer the 10, 10 question right. quiz before you take a sip. Like, but this is something that I, like in 30 seconds, I could just mentally yeah, go through like, my head. Okay. Like, Oh no, I'm just drinking this out of peer pressure. Okay. I know for me and my heart drinking alcohol, just cause the environment I'm in and feeling yeah. pressured, that's not right. Like I'm not going to partake in that. 
or am I going to cause somebody else to stumble? Okay, that's not right. I'm not going to partake in that. Is it a safe atmosphere? Like going through this, like it takes 30 seconds to just, but then listen to yourself. Like if you have a conviction in your head or in your heart that says, yeah, Josh, you probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Then listen, like that's the Holy Spirit knocking on the door saying, come on, homie. But I also think it's important to, and not saying that this is right or wrong, but it's important to also keep in mind people's cultures mm -hmm. um, because I'll speak for- Dude, them. I'm so glad you said that. Because okay. I wanted to share a story that I forgot. Yeah, um, I'll just share like from, like it's very, like if you ask an Hispanic person, like, oh, do you drink at the age of 21? A lot of them will be like, yeah, I've been drinking since I was like 16 or something. Yeah. And if you're talking from to from Hispanic to, Hispanic to Hispanic, you're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like I've been doing it mm -hmm. because, and I don't know enough information of how that started or where that started, but just of like the way that the vibes are in the Hispanic culture with yep. like family coming over and having a couple of chelitas and doing this and doing that. Like, and then the kid, like, do you want a sip? And then the next time it's like, do you want another sip and stuff like that? Nothing where like the parents put the kids in danger mm -hmm. most of the times, but it's also like hard whenever you're, you grow up in that way and you're about to turn 21 but you've been drinking for a couple of years and then it's like you start getting convicted because you're like closer to the lord and then mm -hmm. it's like your whole family's like why aren't you drinking as much as we? it's just a lot of stuff to keep in mind a lot of different realities for different people when it comes to this topic i feel like you know when i was at the luke combs concert mm -hmm. last week I, I i this is like my pet peeve with alcohol okay. it's when the event or whatever is taking place, whether yeah. it's a country concert, uh, whatever it is, if when an event is taking place and it relies on alcohol for, for that, it to have fun. for it for to have fun, I'm like, I'm like, dude, what are we doing? We're at the Luke Combs concert, and these jokers, we're like not even an hour into the concert. Yeah. There's a lady behind us offering vodka. There's people just just completely wasted, and I was like, man, if we took alcohol out of this concert, like if they didn't mm -hmm. sell, I was just thinking, man, what if I was a country singer, and I could put on the same concert but said no alcohol will be sold. Would it have the same turnout? Absolutely not. Heck no, right? Because we as humans have put so much emphasis on alcohol to be, the, yes. to be the thing, right? We're paying, <laughs> they cost a can of alcohol at the Blue Coast concert, a, a can of Miller Lite cost $16. Yeah. I was like, I wonder how much money they made off of just everybody just there alcohol. just wasted. But we as a society have put so much emphasis on alcohol to have fun, to go out, to have a good night out, to go to a concert and enjoy it. If you go to a bar, you're like, I have to drink. Yeah. Go to a party. It's like, okay, you have to do this, you have to do that, because it's like, it's like the the determining factor of whether you're like vibing at a place or not. It's like really weird. And it's like at a birthday party, it's like if you don't take a shot, it's like, are you really gonna have fun? Yeah. Are you gonna be here just sitting? But that's not really true. Like you don't have to. And that goes back to the like, the the self control part a little right. bit of knowing. Man, who I am in Christ, I don't need alcohol to go in any event or any atmosphere for it to be a more enjoying thing, right? Yeah. If the people I'm hanging out with are cool, are, are not cool enough to have fun, and I have to have change I have to people. have alcohol to have fun, then you got yeah change your people, yeah. change your playground, change your playmates. But that's just that's just my pet peeve. Like some people have a pet peeve. Like I know somebody has a pet peeve with cussing. Some people have this. Mm -hmm. Alcohol is my pet peeve when it becomes like a man. We gotta have this to have fun. Yeah. I'm like, bro, do you know what you're saying? Especially at the Luke Combs concert, <laughs> they were all worship. It was like I've seen, I've not seen more people worship more in that moment. Mm -hmm. At least for like a, a posture of like hands held high type thing. Yeah. And these people are like, 
like singing the song like let's go beautiful crazy like i'm like they were just giving it all beer in their hand like oh man just i'm like idols i don't see people idols. lift this many hands on a sunday morning we talk about idols on this i was podcast. like it was the most cringiest thing but i was like man this is where but from a not, not a cringy judgy standpoint but from a man like this is the burden of the thing we're facing now like let's go attack this type thing like being the solution almost yeah i was like man if this is what people are in the look it was a fairly young adult crowd mm-hmm. i was like man if this is the people our age are living out and going through man they haven't truly found jesus i mean we're in the bible belt everybody in that stadium was a christian or yeah. or goes through their grandma's church right? right but they haven't truly experienced the joy of jesus or the freedom of jesus alcohol is my pet peeve that got me that's wild i've never heard of that but that's true i don't think i've ever heard of that too of it being a uh, relying on an event yeah mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, like, whenever, like, my friends and I, like, we finally turned 21, like, we have alcohol, but I guess, like, thinking back, like, if we didn't, like, we'd be perfectly fine as well, you know, type thing, but. So about, this is the quick test, so about, uh, alcohol with your favorite soda. Yeah. And do it at event. If that event is still able to take place. Then you're. And you sub out that, that Bud Light for a Mountain Dew, and everybody there is drinking Mountain Dew instead. Like, do all right, let's go. But yeah. if you suck out the, the alcohol and replace it for your soda, and people are like, man, why is nobody dancing? Why is why nobody having fun? Why is everybody yeah. quiet? Why is all doing this? We got to have alcohol now. I'm like, bro, you're just a terrible host. Get your game, get your step <laughs> your weight up. Get, get, get it together. Um, that's cool. So, sober minded to kind of wrap it up, the Bible gives us three different reasons on why we should, yeah. right, to be ready for the sake of our prayers and the devil's porn or prowling around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to, to devour. devour like the devil That's wants intense. somebody to get on that cliff mm-hmm. and he knows man the second i can get somebody on that cliff mm-hmm. that is asking the question of how close can i get before they fall off he's already got them You're he's done. devouring you You're uh done. gg's in the chat um so being sober minded good game oh GG, gg's in the chat good game um but being sober minded right i think a good tool we can use to stay in that that football field of, of fair play is who what when where why and how um, and then if you feel convicted, listen to that conviction. That's yeah. the Holy Spirit. Like, don't try to be like, oh, well, four out of five is good, so let's just go. But listen to that conviction. And also, like what you said last week when we were talking about, like, the um, living in the world but not being of it. Like, um, just rely on community as well. I think, like, that's something that's been, like, stuck in my brain. Like, if you know you're about to go into a situation with a group of people that you love hanging out with, but you know that they drink a lot or they're going to share a couple of drinks and you're not there yet to be mature enough to say no or mature enough to know when to stop relying like falling back on your community and be like hey i'm about to like step into the situation can you guys like check up on me like in 30 minutes and stuff like that like those kinds of things that was really powerful and i think it like really um what's the word it um what's it start with it Relinquished? No. Relinquished. It relented. No. It. This relate not relates it. Uh, it works well in this situation. <laughs> it works well in this situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falling in the like, especially, I mean, the Luke Combs concert, for yeah. example, living in the world, being in that concert, but not of the world right. at the same time, right? We as Christians, when we step into that environment or in that atmosphere, there should be something about us that's different mm-hmm. because we're Christians, right? Or at least supposedly, yeah. if you're calling yourself a Christian, then when you step into that atmosphere and everybody's drinking, 
there should be something that sets you apart, that, right? There it is. And then yeah. people who are not Christians. And I think just being okay with saying no. Yeah. I feel like that's part of the hardest part about the sober-mindedness. A lot of it is peer pressure um, and just wanting to belong. Like, at the end of the day, like, human beings just want to belong to a group. They want to belong to their friend group and the activities that they're partaking in. But based on your conviction, just being okay with saying no and getting to that spot to be like, no, thank you. Or like, this is where I'm, I'm done. I think that's all. It's yeah. a sense of community. A yeah. sense of, man, I want to be a part of a community. I want to be yeah. around people that value me, that accept me. But in order to do that, I have to drink to get to that place. Yeah. So if you're looking for community, join us on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We won't force you to drink. We actually won't have alcohol at all. We'll sub it out for Mountain Dew. And water. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of thinking of water. We're on a budget. We have, we have all the water you can drink. We have plenty yeah. of Aquafina. And sugar cookies. Um, and coffee. And some leftover sugar cookies yeah. if you're hungry, actually. Yeah. We got some. Um, but with all that, appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, hopefully, just with this episode about being so reminded, it gave you a, just a reality check. gave us a reality check yeah. of, like, what am I doing? Why am mm-hmm. I doing it? Who am I yeah. with? All that beautiful stuff. Am I legal? It's what I'm doing legal. Am I stretching the gray area to just justify what I'm doing? But I clearly know what I'm doing. Like, all those questions around alcohol, because it's very real. Yeah. Um in the world today that we live yeah, in and yeah. it's just getting more real and it's not as fun but we love you and, and appreciate you guys you we're praying for you and your strength pj out <laughs> out <laughs>